While we're in the middle of this booming real estate market of South Florida, you may be looking to purchase a new house or refinance your current one. You can make sure that you have an attorney-owned title company handle your contract and close for the low price of $295. Reach out to our good friend Seltzer Mayberg. Give them a call at 305-444-1565 and mention 5 Reason Sports in order to get that $295 closing fee on all purchases and refinances. So go ahead and purchase or refinance that house knowing that you'll have an attorney reviewing and handling your closing for $295 when you mention 5 Reason Sports. You can also visit their website at onecalllegal.com where they'll be able to assist you with any of your legal needs whether it's a divorce or a car accident or slip and fall. Everything is in-house and they're ready to help you with whatever you may need an attorney for. That is 305-444-1565 Seltzer Maidberg. Let me introduce you to another sponsor, bestever.com. That is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real-life data to simulate hypothetical situations. For example, ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T-E-V-R.com. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing. Check them out at BiscayneBayBrewing.com. You can get them at Publix, Total Wine, ABC Liquors. Have it delivered to you via Instacart. Of course, the Marlins lager. 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 So poor. It's never going to get any better. <laughs> Don't know why you bother. Lager. I just want to. I just want to like not say anything about it and see if the and see and see what the uh, the listeners say about that. I can't Lager. let it go. <laughs> you just can't let it go, though. I, I'm offended by it. <laughs> you want to do the read from on? They kind of like it. They they keep retweeting it every single time. They only like it because you make it. such a goat fuck of it. If it was said normally, nobody would give a shit. What if they had a goat fuck lager? Yeah. Wow, what a name. That's a great name for like an IPA, right? Mm, uh, it would be. It would be an IPA, wouldn't it? A <laughs> goat fuck IPA. I love mm. it. I yeah. used to want to start a production company and call it Fat Jesus, but then I thought I'd offend loads of people. So, Really? Je- <laughs> Do you think Jesus was fat? 
Do you think? Do you think he was? I don't think he. I don't no, think he could have been. I don't think people two thousand years ago were were fat. No, I don't think. I don't, especially if they were poor. <laughs> there was like no food to eat like anywhere on the planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Only like kings had food. So I would say most people two thousand years ago were very svelte. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go to um, if you go to a lot of the um museums and stuff the big museums probably like momo in new york and stuff like that and you see uh artist impressions of um religious figures they're all absolutely like uh samson there's an amazing there's an amazing um painting of samson mm. in the uh big gallery in london and uh i mean samson's absolutely i mean you know if he got on the scales at the combine the scouts would say he's absolutely ripped. I mean, he's got muscle. He's got muscles on muscles. Do you know he's I mean? got he's, muscles in places where there aren't muscles. Like he's got a twelve pack. I mean, it's ridiculous. The dude is absolutely ripped. I mean, no one with his hair. Yeah. You know my my favorite my favorite is how they always uh, they always used to draw babies as like small men, like with yeah. ripped muscles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like this is a baby, but really, it's just like a a two foot man. So, what you guys are saying is that the the masters weren't and essentially not very good painters, is, is what you guys are oh, saying. No, not well, at all. I think the masters are incredible. I saw they're incredible painters. I, they just decided yeah. to paint children as like little dudes, you know, like ripped gym dudes, <laughs> like mini Jakeem Grants, like mini. <laughs> You guys uh, are we sure? Mission? Are we sure about the mini part of that? I mean, it, <laughs> maybe it's just life size, Jakey. Well, maybe. Did you check their hands though? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Did you guys see the pictures on Instagram? Kirk Merritt and Jakeem Grant working out. I yeah, saw with Isaiah that, Ford. <laughs> with Isaiah Ford, he was there. Yeah, Ford was there as well. So it was Ford Merritt and um, Jakeem and Tua. That's a little surprising. He is he's not he's not gonna be back. Right. Yeah. Well, I know who is gonna be back. And it was pretty exciting news because we did the the podcast last week. And a day later, almost twenty four hours later, the Dolphins signed Will Fuller. Simon, I guess we could start there. How exciting was that? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. It was always gonna be one of those guys. Uh Fuller's a nice player. I think we all like him. I think the concern is can he stay healthy? Um, you know, how are, you know, and he joins a wide receiver class of notorious hamstrings. I mean, they could be a <laughs> rap group, the notorious hamstrings, um, to which he and Devontae and a couple of others could, uh, I mean, it all depends on his health. You know, can he stay healthy? He stayed healthy last season, so he got popped for the drugs thing. Um, now, was the drugs thing helping him stay healthy? That's the uh, problem. Yeah, I think that's that's usually that's usually for yeah. recovery, isn't it? So exactly, yeah. exactly. So he misses the first game of the season because of the suspension. Um, he's got some serious juice. He's a serious downfield player. You know, he drops a few balls, um, but if he can stay healthy, and it's a big if because he's never done it apart from when he wasn't juiced up. So if he can do it, um, he could be a it could be a massive signing. But I don't think it his signing does not. I don't think. You know, it doesn't take anybody off the board. It doesn't take Chase or Smith or Waddle or Pitts or Bateman or any of these guys. I, I don't think it changes the thing. I think what will change is the bottom half of the, or the middle half or even the top portion of that wide receiver room. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you that. And, and I guess I guess I'll ask you before I get to, to Chris. You don't think that this changes number three? Like, you, th- you think there's still the possibility that a wide receiver goes to Miami at number three? 100%. Hundred percent. It doesn't to me. It doesn't check. I mean, it's not as ludicrous as signing Isaiah Wilson. Loads of people messaging me go, "That's Sewell off the board." It's like, <laughs> lads. I mean, are you drunk? <laughs> he made it five days. Or <laughs> yeah, three days, he three made days, it. Five, I mean, officially three days. I mean, come officially on, three days. <laughs> yeah, like I got some guy going. I mean, it's definitely that you can stop talking about Penny Sewell now, mate. And I'm like, yeah. chief. Isaiah Wilson, mate, has got cut from his team or traded from his team when he was a first-round pick like 200 days ago. I don't think it's taken anybody off the board, least of all a franchise, you know, left tackle. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll. Um, I think the receiver room will change, but I don't think it takes anybody off the board at pick three because ultimately you've got to get the kid um, targets. You've got to get him receivers. And whether that's Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, uh, Devonta Smith... And then, you know, whoever else, then that remains to be seen. But, I, you know, I don't think it takes, uh, certainly doesn't take receiver off the board for me. Chris? I, I think it takes the pressure off of, um, hmm. off of, off of them to, to get her. Imagine, imagine them heading into the draft and they, um, they don't have Will Fuller. Like just, just as is, as we are right now. They've re signed Mac Collins and, you know, that's just not much the same group that we had last year. Um, what would we be thinking about that number three pick? It's like, well, yes, trade down is still on the board, but no matter what, it's probably going to be a wide receiver. Um, now it's it doesn't have to be no matter what. It's it's a wide receiver. Can be you know Penesol. It can be. Um, well, I mean, it, it would still be sort of a wide receiver, a little bit, or at least a half wide receiver if it was Kyle Pitts, but not not square you know, at the, at the receiver position, I, I think it takes the pressure off. So, um, you know, when I looked at the, the Will Fuller signing, um, one, I'm struck by the price that they got on him. Uh, I was immediately struck by the price that they got on him. Um, especially I just saw T Y Hilton signed today for $10 million, a one year deal for $10 million. He's 31 years old. Will Fuller's 26. Mm-hmm. Um, T.Y., you know, obviously Will Fuller's got the health issues. Uh, T.Y., on the other hand, is is old. And, um, you slowing know, clearly... Down. In, you could say he's slowing down. Yeah, he's, he's clearly in the decline phase. And um, for about the same price? Wow. <laughs> uh, and, and especially considering, you know, you can think of the Will Fuller contract as being like a two-year, sort of a two-year $27 million deal because... Um, this gives them the right to franchise tag them in 2022. So um, they, you know, and, and the franchise tag, I look at the, the price tag that uh, the Giants just paid for Kenny Galladay, which is one of the worst contracts in free agency, in my opinion, um, $18 million a year. Next year, Will Fuller, even if, even if everything pans out and he's, you know, stays healthy and we're like, yeah, we definitely want to keep you. And it, negotiations are too hard and and they can't come to an agreement we still get to keep them for like 16 million dollars which is still cheaper than you know significantly cheaper than the um than the kenny galladay deal and and probably much cheaper than the deals that are going to get signed next year when the cap goes back up and everybody's got you know the teams are flush with uh new network money and Mm -hmm. um 
so it's it's really just all the way around good deal for Miami. Uh, this is this is a great. If he were healthy, if he were one hundred percent healthy, um, you know, had a history of health, and there was the suspension thing wasn't really a thing, then this is the best wide receiver in free agency, and it's it's probably st- I would say that's probably still the case, even if Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson had made it to free agency, because this is a guy who has the speed, body control, hands, you know tracking of the ball of football um, agility, everything to, to get open on virtually any route that I've ever seen him run um, and, and get open and catch the ball and make plays. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost alarming how, uh, w- how widely varied his skill set is uh, as far as what he can do. Um, it's just like, you know, put a football in his hand and, or, or put a football in the air and, and, he can do a lot because he can just run really fast, not run a lot of people. Um, so yeah, he's, he's going to be a significant addition. It's, it's probably the, it's probably one of the better signings in all of free agency from a value standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to be objective about that. I realize that we all three of us um, are, are so close to it that it's hard to be objective, but it is one of the better you know, one of the better deals in all of free agency, I think. Um, so it was, it was a real, I mean, I don't want to understate it. This was, this was a big deal. This changed the outlook for Tua Tonga Vailoa in 2021. Um, probably changed, like actually moved the needle on the outlook for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. Uh, and, and that's not, that's not, something you assume even with the headline free agent signings. Um, and so I think that, you know, all the way around great and great job. Yeah, I completely agree. And just a little bit of housekeeping around Will Fuller uh, before free agency started pro football focus had him ranked the number two best available wide receiver in free agency and had him ranked the sixth best player in free agency available, right. meaning guys that were not tagged. Who was, who, was, who was number one at the wide receiver, though? Okay, that's the problem. It was Kenny Galladay. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I, I don't buy that at all. I've, I mean, I know that we've kind of we've kind of slagged on Galladay in the, on the show, but I really tried. I really tried to like him. Like, I, I really tried to see the other side because I know if it's true that the Dolphins were were really on to him, you don't you don't assume you don't get anywhere by assuming that professional football people that know far more than you ever will mm-hmm. are just being stupid. You know, like you don't get anywhere by it. so so you 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 try you look into it. Let's see what they're seeing. Um, I looked into it and and I just. I just don't really see it. I thought Marvin Jones was the better wide receiver in, in Detroit and uh, the more reliable one. And, and it's just, you know, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. He makes big plays down the field because he's big and strong and he goes after the football and that's it. But that's, that's only going to be helpful in certain situations. Um, I don't know that you build an offense off of that. It's, it's really, I don't know. I, I didn't really like him at all. Yeah, and if you if you really dig into the numbers, and it's really just about staying healthy with Will Fuller, his numbers are, are which is true of Galladay too. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, not only is it true of, of Galladay, Galladay has missed seventeen games. I've I've put this this number out there forever because I don't know where Dolphin fans got it that 
Galladay at least is more reliable than Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker mm-hmm. has missed 13 games in six years. Galladay has missed 17 games in four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, that matters. All right. Now, as far as when you dig into the, the the numbers with Will Fuller, and forget about his tape from last year. His tape last year was insane. You watch that, and you think that that's what you're getting. If that's what the Dolphins get, they're getting an All-Pro because that's yeah. a guy that was that was on pace for about almost 1,300 yards receiving, 12 touchdowns, 80 receptions, 11.7 yards per target. The, you know, those are Julio Jones numbers without the yards because Julio always has those gaudy yards. But if you watch his tape, He's a guy that, you know, he changes everything for the defense. And I think I think Tua Tungvalu is going to absolutely love having him out there. One thing, one thing's for sure, he's aggressive. You can see mm-hmm. all the hand signals that go back and forth between Deshaun Watson, and I understand it's Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback. I'm not saying that Tua is Deshaun Watson. But you see the, the hand signals going back and forth between Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson and the aggressiveness that they play with. Because they can, because he is that fast. So I guess I'll ask you, Simon, since Will Fuller's in the fold, and I guess you can never go into a season and just assume, okay, he's going to be injured for six games. Although we can't assume that he won't be there for opening day because he has to complete his suspension. Does this change the way you look? We already said we already said that, you know, and you said it. It doesn't change number three, but it does it change the way you look at how you're going to build this offense around two no. no, no, not at all. It's the same same answer to the question earlier on. Okay, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, one one point on Fuller worth mentioning is that midway through the season at the trade deadline, who was the team that was trying to trade for him? Which quarterback was trying to get him? It's the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. They were desperately trying to trade him and almost worked to deal with the Texans. So that tells you a lot about, you know, mm. you know, that's a serious franchise that very rarely dips into the trade market and very rarely dips into the free agent market. But, um, you know, and they didn't have a lot of cash in the free agent market, but tried to pull a trade and couldn't quite get it done at the trade deadline. So, you know, he's well-liked around the league. Yeah, good point. All right, and to finish up here on Will Fuller, Chris, uh, same question. Does it change the way you look at who you're looking at in that first round to build around Tua Tungo Bailo? Yeah, I think it. I I think it does a little bit. Like, um, you know, listen, uh, it, it's it doesn't take anybody off the board. It's no, it's never that. It's just it's kind of working around the edges. Like, um, for example, the the Dolphins may be, and they may have already been this way. You. Know, because I think there have been signs and little um little signposts, little breadcrumbs about it. Um, they may already have been on Jalen Waddle for a long time, um, but you know it, it sort of it sort of adds to I think the Jalen Waddle uh, you know uh, uh, temptation because Will Fuller is a guy who runs down the field, um, who runs you know, every route from a wide position or from a slot position, uh, he runs, you know, real wide receiver routes. He, d- he rarely does backfield work. He rarely does like the screen work and the, the jet sweep type stuff. Um, it's if you, if he could be said to have a weakness, which uh, honestly, you, you look at the tape and it's like, well, show me something that you're not very good at. <laughs> um you know, if he could be said to have a weakness that way, it is that stuff. It is, it is exactly 
what Jalen Waddle brings to an offense. You know, Jalen Waddle is east-west stretch and Will Fuller is north-south stretch. So, um, so I think that I think that those two marry well. And so, you know, just around the edges on the margins, yeah, you could you could look at that and say, yeah, that might that might uh, jive with a, a Jalen Waddle at, at number not number three. I don't know, probably not number three overall, but if they trade back and they've been talking about trading back. I mean, Brian Flores even straight out said it. You know, or you know, as long as we keep a pick in the top ten and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it definitely um, it definitely could impact it at the margins that way. The other thing is, like I said before, you don't have to have an urgency about the wide receiver position at that you know super high pick. And so, if if Penay Sowell is you know a real home run hit for you, um, franchise tackle, then then they could they could go with that and that could be that could be how you how you start to build the offense um and the other thing is i saw and it's like well okay will fuller outside more outside not not as much the slot well i think kyle pitts would work pretty well with that too because he works the slot and um and he works the tight end inline positions and gesicki works the slot in the inline positions and i think that um i think that they can that could really jive pretty well with Will, Ful- Will Fuller on the outside along with uh, Devontae Parker on the outside. So I, I think it, I think it does have some impact. All right. Now moving off of Will Fuller, Simon, we talked about this a month ago, exactly a month to the day that he signed, but I'll put, po- and I posed the question one way. I'm going to pose it another way. If I told you the Miami Dolphins signed a center that hasn't allowed a sack since 2018, and has allowed only, well, has given up nine penalties in 54 starts. Would you be excited? Because that's what, who they signed with Matt Skura. Your thoughts, uh, Simon? My, my, my question would be, how often has he played? <laughs> um, you know, because we know, we know, the, the, we know the issue. Look, we, we've talked about him on the podcast for a while, um, that we like him. I think he's a good player. I will be interested to see... Um, whether or not he has recovered from the yips, um, you know, yips. he had that game against the, the yips, yeah, um, where he had that uh, nightmare against the Patriots on Sunday night on Monday night football um, with the three or four botched snaps. Uh, so it remains to be seen. Look, is he the starting centre? I don't know. He's in the mix certainly. He can also play guard, um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't think the Dolphins are done. I think the centre class is, you know, I think they're going to probably want to bring another guy in and maybe have Skura compete either at center or at guard. You know, I, I think he's better than Michael Dieter in terms of backup if he doesn't start. Um, you know, there could be a situation, look, if the Dolphins start off Penne Sewell and, you know, they play him at left tackle, they move Austin Jackson to the right. I mean, part of me thinks that won't happen because uh, essentially you could up unseat all five positions, which you probably don't want to do because if you bring Sewell in and play him left tackle, it means that your starting left tackle from last year goes from the left side to the right side. It means you're starting right tackle from last year goes from right tackle to right guard. It means you're starting right guard from last year. Solomon Kindy probably goes from right guard to left guard because he was arguably the best player on the roster last year. And then you've got a new center because Ted Karras uh, has re-signed um, um, with the Patriots. So, you know, whether that's a Creed Humphrey, whether that's a, you know, whoever. So you don't really want to, when you're trying to build an offense and trying to build the confidence of your quarterback, you don't want to have five new people playing at five different positions. I, I, you know, so um, it remains to be seen. But 
ultimately, I think what the team needs to do is improve depth on the offensive line, which it has done. You know, and whether that means Eric Flowers goes to a backup role remains to be seen. And I, but I think there'll be a battle for that for those guard positions and Skura's in the mix for it. So we shall see. Yeah, his starts for his career are 12, 16, 11, and 12. The year that he had 11 starts, he had a knee injury and missed the last five games of the, of the season. But yeah, he has not allowed in 26 consecutive starts. He has not allowed a sack. He has five penalties in those 26 starts. So he's a good player. Yeah, he has, he has, he has good numbers. Now, uh, the yips, uh, so many people and Raven fans were jumping to his defense on, on our three-way PC account saying, oh, he injured his hand. And there's no evidence that he injured his hand because he was asked about it. And Matt Skura himself said, no, it was just something I couldn't get over. And it really was the yips. It happened against the Patriots. It was raining. He did say that. He said, oh, the, you know, the conditions were terrible. But, you know, the guy was on the sidelines trying to snap the ball and couldn't snap the ball on the sidelines. It was a real thing. And then he found himself on the bench in and out of the lineup the rest of the way because he could not snap the football. Hopefully it's changed a little bit since then. Some of his tape is very Ted Karras-esque, except that he, he plays with a lot more power. He's not, I wouldn't call him mobile. Uh, like he's pretty much in the mold of what they've had. Just a, it's an improvement. It's an absolute improvement if he, of course, stop, you know, doesn't snap the ball over to his head. But, you know, I don't know. I think if this is a scratch-off ticket, it's a pretty good scratch-off ticket because he's been a productive player. Uh, Chris, what do you know about Matt Skura? Uh I look at two, a couple of things. One, and I hate to be the, the skeptic here, but this is a guy that – to be fair, Mike Pouncey had an issue with this uh, in his last year at Florida. Um, but this is a guy who suddenly found himself unable to snap the football, and he's coming to an RPO-based offense. <laughs> Not optimal. Uh, Suboptimal. Uh, oh, shit. You know, that's, that's, that's the worst marriage you could possibly have. Like, that's I don't, – I don't understand that one bit. Um, if you think that there's a possibility that he could still have this issue, he gets in there, you know, he loses confidence and, and suddenly he's, he's bad at snapping the ball. That's a terrible, that's a terrible. And then the other thing is, um, is look at the, the contract, um, the contract that he got from Miami. Uh, I'm under the impression that it is, it is not a big contract. Um, it is in, in fact, kind of a, a smallish contract um it's a it's a contract that you could easily justify the guy that is your backup for the three positions on the interior and and that's what that's kind of what this is to me i mentioned before will fuller you sign will fuller suddenly you you don't have the pressure the pressure to to get a wide receiver at say the number three pick mm-hmm. you sign a matt skura you do have the pressure yeah. to get a, a center, one of the significant centers, um, possibly one of the ones that they coached in the senior bowl. And, and especially, especially as I heard, as we heard, um, I forget who reported it, but the dolphins still continue to pursue David Andrews, even after they got Matt Skura. Hmm. 
And, um, and I think that when David Andrews went ahead and signed uh, back with New England, and I, I kind of, I honestly think he might have been using Miami um, to get the best price he could out of New England. Did you see the um, numbers he signed for? Yeah, I mean, I, I did, and I know that the, I know that the different, the, the numbers in Miami are at least I heard that the numbers in Miami were superior to that. Hmm. Um, and I think that, and and he can't, he walked back to any, and he said that it, he said something along the lines like he was never going to leave or something. You know, I, I think. I think he was just trying to get the best deal he could out of, out of the Patriots. And, um, and so you look at the centers and we didn't get anybody. Um, and it's kind of over unless, I mean, I, I guess uh, there, I forget the name of him now, the, uh, the center that, that was Houston's center, Deshaun Watson center in Houston. Uh, um, Nick Martin. N- was it Nick Martin? I thought was it Nick I Martin? Thought, I, I believe I it was, it was, I, thought it was Nick I thought it was a different guy. But um yeah, so anyway, um yeah, yeah that's probably right. Uh, I don't know what I'm what I'm thinking of. But yeah, that that guy is still out there if I'm not mistaken. Um you know, so so who knows there there come a moment when and we're already reaching that moment where the the agents are sitting out there like, "Hey, we can't get any phone calls. We can't get any interest whatsoever." Um, you know, it, maybe we're, maybe we're reaching that moment. Um, Nick Martin, by the way, is not available. So I, I don't know. Maybe I was thinking of Brett Jones. Um, anyway, uh, so, so I think that maybe we could be reaching that moment when the veterans are desperate and that way we sweep up an Austin writer and then you're like, okay, breathe a sigh of relief. We don't have to have a guy with the yips trying to snap the ball on an RPO offense. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that this is the, the way that they, you know, put the worst safety net, you know, put the absolute emergency, you know, safety net underneath the position, but that still creates a lot of urgency about the position. And so I think they walk into that draft thing on day one or day two, one of those centers is going to be, a Miami Dolphin, and that's that's just the way it is. Yeah, and to tidy up uh, Matt Scora, I think he needs a little bit of media training because uh, in his introductory press conference, he says, look, I don't want to make any excuses, but it really was raining that day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, I, I feel for him because, you know, the yips, I don't know what that would feel like, you know. It's one thing to get the yips when you're playing – you know, golf on a Tuesday afternoon for, for $10, you know what I mean? At, at Miami, at Miami gardens country club. Okay. That's one thing, but when your livelihood depends on it mm. and you get the yips, that has to be a whole new different type of thing. Well, it's a good thing. It never rains in Miami. So <laughs> that's another thing. All right. Moving on with Matt's girl. We wish him the, the best because of course, you know, we want to see the dolphins do well. We want to see him do well. He's had a decent career in the NFL. You know, his, his numbers bear it out. He was on a really good team for four years. So we wish him well. But moving along and finishing but up. But you have sh- to be nervous, right? Oh, oh yeah. No, no. We can, we can at least admit that no matter what you want to think about how hopeful, you have to be nervous about it. The first, the first time they line up, thank God there's going to be a preseason this year. I believe they're going to have two preseason games. The first time they line up, I'm worried about the ball being snapped over to his head. Right. And then not wanting Tua to chase the ball down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, 
everything's you know nothing has changed absolutely all those guys are are still on the board for us all of them at 36 and who knows maybe even a trade-up if we get nervous enough all right closing up the show Brennan Scarlett, Duke Riley, Simon, any thoughts on either one? Duke Riley, pretty decent specialist as far as pass coverage. Good special teamer. Brennan Scarlett, teammate of Bernardic McKinney's at Houston. Few sacks, plays, minimal snaps, really. But I don't know if he gets a big role, but special teams absolutely will be the thing for those two guys. Any thoughts on either of these guys, Simon? Yeah, you said it, special teams. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's where I see them both. Um Special teams depth, and uh, we talked about it last week. Coach loves uh, a good third unit, and that's what he gets consistently because he looks for good special teams players, and that's what they are. Chris, I looked. I, I looked pretty good at, at Brennan, Brennan Scarlett because I know that he was sort of Mr. Versatility in in Houston. Um, off ball linebacker on the line, you know, overhang uh, down with his hand in the dirt, pass rush, even play inside some. Um, so I looked pretty good at him and, and honestly, you know, I, I do see a backup there. I see when mm-hmm. he's, when he's off ball and he's playing like a linebacker, it's almost like, it's almost like he's an extra defensive lineman, except you just got him in an up position somewhere in the middle to just jam up the, the gear works. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the, that's the way he plays that way. Um, I think on the line, I, He's he's got nothing as far as pass rush that I can tell. Uh, it, it's it's a situation where the only way he gets the quarterback he gets through in pass rush is if the guy trying to block him is actually more worried about something else um, and more distracted by something else that's going on. Um, you know, I just I just have to see him as special teams backup backup in multiple positions. Uh, and then, uh, and the, the one thing that you can say about him is he's got sort of a horseshoe up his ass with respect to, uh, to coverage because he's not particularly, I mean, you're not going to look at him and say, well, he's agile, he's fast, he's good in coverage. Um, but he's got that Kyle Van Noy in him where he's just like, you know, he's, he's hitting his landmarks just right. And maybe the quarterback, you know, could have, could have hit the window a little early and and it would have been open but he didn't you know because there's some pressure and and now he throws the ball and whoop there's uh there's Brennan Scarlett to break it up or or intercept it or you know whatever um I've seen him I've seen him do it I've seen him enough to to know that he just I don't know what it is he's lucky he's good and he's um instinctive um he's not fast he's not agile I wouldn't accuse him of that but um but in coverage he's got a little something to uh to at least make you say well he's not going to be a huge liability out there he's not going to be a big he's not going to help you out there with the pass rush i don't think mm. um he's going to be a kind of a run plugger um and that sort of stuff but uh but i think you know he's not going to be a liability in coverage because he's going to hit his landmarks and he's going to be pretty instinctive and smart about it um i think the the bigger you know duke riley a lot of people really liked him coming out of the draft and that that to me if we ever deal with an injury to jerome baker um you know that's where duke riley steps in because duke riley has that maneuverability and that speed uh to that not quite jerome baker's level but um to play a lot of the roles that baker would um because baker is absurdly fast uh, yeah. So I think that that's that's where that fits in the backups. Think think of like a Sam Aguaman to me um, you know, for Duke Riley. Uh, I did notice though that they signed back a Landon Roberts. They re-signed him. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because it's sort of now we thought that Bernardrick McKinney would take some of Kyle Van Noy's snaps, but now, now we're like, are they leaning toward eventually, you know, when, if a Landon Roberts is healthy, are they leaning, leaning toward Bernardrick McKinney just straight up replacing Kyle Van Noy? Um, and that will be interesting to keep an eye on because, you know, it's not necessarily what we initially thought when he was traded for. And it's not what we would have planned for him, you know, doing yeah. or at us as fans, you know. Um, so I think that's interesting to watch. Yeah, and Bernard McKinney is coming in with a, with a great attitude anyway. He, he said, you know, he spoke to coach and he told coach, look, I'll play anywhere. Wherever you want to play me, whatever you want to do with me, I'm ready to do it. So yeah, I'm Brendan Scarlett. Uh, he's played on a couple of top five defenses. Those couple of top, those two top five defenses he played on, he played a hundred defensive snaps on each. So the one time he played 400 defensive snaps, the defense was ranked 28. There's a, <laughs> so you know, there's something you could take from that. They signed Kai Loxley, which is kind of interesting. I guess he has a relation to Tua in a way, which is his father was Tua's offensive coordinator at one time. So that's a little odd. It is odd, right? That they're, they're signing somebody for Tua, I guess. But that's good. And on the way out, Mac Hollins is back. Simon, he makes the team or no? Um, he's a great special teamer. He's a special teams captain. So um, uh, touch and go, frankly. I mean, I can't see it, but maybe I, I'd be surprised. Yeah, they got 5,000 wide receivers. I keep looking at that that depth chart, and, and I keep adding guys in the draft, maybe two. Who knows? Maybe even three. One to press the King Grant, maybe a specialist. And I start thinking to myself, how many wide receivers do you keep in the NFL? And how many can you store in the practice squad? So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you may see him more explicitly move to tight end this time. But then oh, what is Seaton Carter for? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what Carter, Carter is supposed is. to be that. He's supposed to be that. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, Kai Loxley, just going back to it, will not make the team. Oh, I mean, no. I mean I'm, I'm amazed they even picked him up given his off-field issues, um, which mm-hmm. are pretty varied. Um, you know, he almost makes Isaiah Wilson look like um, Joe Biden when it comes to <laughs> you know, responsibility. I mean, he was arrested for illegal possession of a firearm, possession of marijuana, driving while intoxicated making terrorist threats um, and then told a, an entire car park of people that he was going to empty uh, a, a handgun on people and put in inverted commas, a cap in your ass. <laughs> so um, yeah. Amazed he even got signed, frankly. So yeah. Mike uh, Oxley must be so proud. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if uh, going back to Isaiah Wilson, now that we know what happened with him in, in December and in January, I wonder if, the Titans are on the hook for something here league wide. If they hid some of this stuff from the dolphins, because I don't know why the hell you would even trade for a guy like that, but you know, I guess that's for the next team. Probably. uh, Well, there is no, he isn't. There'll be a not, he won't play football ever again. That's probably a very, very good bet. All right. NFL football. No, no. Yeah. Maybe XFL, maybe pro wrestling. Who knows? All right, that's it for not for this week because the next time you hear from us will be a day from now when you're listening to this show. And guess what? It's draft season. No more free agency. We're going to start talking draft the next time you hear from us. 
But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. 